Welcome to the Eye of Power podcast. I'm your host, Tom Dardick. But this podcast is not about me. It's about you and your power. It's time to claim yours. How do you feel about making New Year's resolutions? Do you think they're a good idea, even though it's common that people fail to maintain them? Some of the problem in sticking with our resolutions is our approach. When we want to make positive changes in our lives, we're more likely to succeed when we take them on with an unshakable resolve. And that's where we can often fall short. If we don't quite have sufficient focus and alignment, we're better advised to nourish our resolve before we write checks that we're really not ready to cash. Our resolutions will then tend not to correspond with the beginning of a new year or any other arbitrary date but with the very moment we achieve that mental state in which we simply won't accept any other outcome. So, this new year, let's look at the path to that most powerful mental place. Sometimes, the required resolved mentality is born of some dramatic event. Crisis, while painful, can also include seeds for personal growth and transformation. Is dramatic change possible without such drama? Yes, but it's not easy. It takes tremendous clarity and strength of character. Our paths can also be smoothed through sound strategy. That's what we talk about in the Eye of Power, and this episode is no different in that regard. Whenever we decide to make a change and we use resources such as the Eye of Power, the implication is that we are pushing towards something. We're in place A, and we wish to be in place B. There's nothing wrong with this. It's part and parcel of why we're in this world. But does pushing alone always work? No. When we exert ourselves, expending energy to make changes that run contrary to habits we have already established, there's more than one strategy available to us. Yes, we push. But we can also choose to pull. A third option is also available. We can do neither. Let's look at these three strategies to better discern what is appropriate in what circumstances. Pushing is an obvious first-resort way we use our power. We push through obstacles to reach a goal. With sufficient force, energy, and resolve, few obstacles can stop us. One such obstacle can be pain. We push through pain, sometimes to heal, such as when rehabbing an injury. Pushing infers an outward flow of energy. It's us doing. We know we want something to happen, so we act to make that happen. Yet there are times when we simply can't push. The blockage, physical or mental, may simply be too much to overcome with that strategy. In those cases, we must find another path. Pulling, in the sense we're considering it here, is the opposite of pushing. It's receiving energy. That energy is usually from other people, though it doesn't have to be. Pulling is recruiting active agents, people, to our cause. It differs from pushing in an important way. Once set in motion and aligned along sympathetic outcomes, others, or other energy sources, begin to push on our behalf, 
even if we're not. Perhaps the highest form of pulling is the ability to inspire other people to take mutually beneficial action. This is a hallmark of great leadership. Pulling happens when we are striving for outcomes that exceed our own personal interests. This means our goals are sufficiently big to include the desires of others. Let's look at an example. Weight loss, for instance. How does my waistline matter to anyone else? An obvious answer is our primary partner. There's a person who is invested in us, how we look and feel, our longevity and quality of life. Pulling can get them invested in our outcomes, so they change their expectations around meals. They don't stock the pantry with empty calories. They join us in exercise or fasting habits. Another example of pulling in this case would be to hire a personal trainer, a health coach, a personal chef, and or a nutritionist. Their goals are to produce results for their clients. When we become a client, our goal and their goals come into alignment. This may seem rather obvious, but so many people struggle with this and other such issues, and they miss the obvious pull strategy as they continue, unsuccessfully, to push. I do want to mention a negative aspect of the pulling strategy. If we manipulate others to harness their energy for our own needs, irrespective of the ends they need, we may achieve our initial goal, but the cost will outweigh the benefit. This is a moral archetype that is addressed in all the wisdom traditions in the world. The dynamic also informs much of our mythology. Vampires, succubi and incubi, embody the monstrous aspect of pulling stealing energy from others. While there is power in such strategies, true peace and satisfaction are not available to monsters. These are tragic figures. What seems to be less intuitive and less common, especially in the business climate of the Western world, is the idea of neither pushing nor pulling. If we're doing neither, are we doing nothing? Not necessarily. Here is the place of acceptance, of deep listening, of openness to the new, the novel, the fresh. It gives us the chance to notice things we might otherwise miss as we barrel forth to our goals. Sometimes what we miss matters, a lot. In those cases, we may find we accomplish our initial goal only to find it didn't bring the benefit we'd hoped it would. In this place, where we're neither projecting nor receiving energy, it's often said we're just being as in being a human being, not a human doing. It's a place of restoration. Restoration is a requirement of life. It's what, at essence, sleep is. If you consider the phenomenon of sleep from an evolutionary perspective, it's quite remarkable. Though the manner and duration varies, every animal, without exception, sleeps. The need for sleep is expensive, energetically speaking. While sleeping, creatures can't find food find a suitable mate, or protect themselves from threats. Considering the cost, why is sleep such a universal strategy? You got it. Restoration. Life forms are, among other potential descriptive axes, energy exchange mechanisms. We all take in energy in the form of nutrients, food, water, air, etc. Translate that energy into physiological function, which invariably includes survival of the species and expulsion of waste products. The beauty of the whole system is that some life forms waste is other life forms food. Of course, other life forms are the food of other life forms too. 
Nevertheless, the process, whatever steps and forms it takes, requires regular extended periods of restoration, and we humans need our sleep just like all other animals. Is sleep the only means by which we experience restoration? No. We are nourished in many ways. Some of that is pursuing things we find spiritually rewarding. Those activities are characterized by a rise in our energy levels. But also important is stillness. Stillness not only of body, but also mind. To illustrate, I invite you to try a little experiment with me. If you're able, stand up. Bring your feet together. Bring your legs together so they're touching along their whole length. Straighten your spine. In other words, stand as tall as you can. Now, lower your chin a little so that the skin on the back of your neck stretches smooth. Try to picture a straight vertical line from the arches of your feet up through your legs, straight up your spine, and out the top of your head. Try to make that line as straight as possible. Relax your hands, palm facing forward at your sides. Now, here's the exercise part. Stand as still as you possibly can. See if you can cease the tiny shifts of your weight that might be happening in your feet. Try to hold everything motionless, like if a T-Rex saw you fidget even a little, it would snatch you in its jaws. Keep trying. Okay, now relax. Congratulations, you just completed one of the most important poses in yoga, mountain pose. Were you able to be completely still? It's not that easy, is it? We could all use more control over ourselves, both our bodies and our minds. Peak power corresponds to greater control, so it's worth the effort to build this ability. And that's why the practice of neither pushing nor pulling, but simply being, is important. It can be a time when the significance of what you think you want either expands or contracts. You become more free, more powerful, to direct your energy in productive ways. If you are in a place where you know you will stick with your plan for positive change, by all means make that New Year's resolution and go for it. But don't deceive yourself. You know the difference between the mindsets. If you hope to stick with it, but you're not sure whether you will or won't, it's time to nurture your resolve. You may want to consider using all three strategies, pushing, pulling, and neither. There are plenty of mental exercises that may be of great value to you. Much of what we talk about in the Eye of Power pertains to this. So go back to past episodes and give them a listen. And stay tuned for future ones, of course, scheduled every Tuesday for 2023. And please, don't hesitate to reach out. It's time to manifest all of your power, your agency. It's time to give the world the best you you possibly can. Let's go. This has been the Eye of Power podcast with Tom Dardick. I'd like to thank you for listening. I'd also like to thank my brother, Scott Dardick, for the music and his music production. If you'd like to reach me, simply email Tom at dartitcommunications.com.